The following audio is from First Hamilton Christian Reformed Church, where our vision is to be transformed by the gospel so that we can participate with God in his work of renewing all things in Christ. For more information about First Hamilton, visit www.firsthamilton.ca. So our lives are not a straight or predictable or simple journey. Two years ago, uh, Tracy and I were driving up to the family cottage, and to do so, we had to take the 401 highway and straight out to Belleville, where we would take the 37 north to Caladere. Normally, uh, this stretch of highway is clear sailing. Once you get through Toronto and out, um, out, uh, it's, it's, it's super quick and no traffic, but this time, all of a sudden, in front of us, we saw brake lights. And brake lights are not good when you're wanting to get to a destination. And, and so we were soon being ushered off of the highway by um, the flashing lights of police for a roadwork closure, which was um, incredibly disillu- disillusioning, especially since we would, we would miss the typical Tim's stop about halfway through the trip. And so we were way out of sorts. This was not our plan. And when we got off the highway, we had to think, how are we going to get to the cottage now? What is the way to the destination? How are we going to find our way? Now, many of us, I think, have felt this way in our lives, right? Our lives are not a straight or predictable journey. Things don't go according to plan. And eventually, we all learn that uh, our lives as Christians and just as human beings are wildly unpredictable. And there are many things that are outside of our ability to control. Whether it's doubt in our faith, grief or sadness we're experiencing, sin in our lives that uh, we can't seem to fix, and the guilt and the shame pile up, or, you know, I could, I could go on. Life is not a simple and straightforward journey, and we need help when we're forced on these detours. We see this in the story of the Israelites wandering through the wilderness. They faced the challenges in their life and in their faith as they went through the wilderness. We find the Israelites not at the best moment in their lives. They were... um, This was not a yearbook moment for them. This was not one that they wanted to remember. They're on a journey away from slavery in Egypt to freedom in the promised land that's promised by God. But they're in the heat, much like all of you. They were hungry. (laughs) I'm seeing a lot of parallels here. And they began to, um, they began to question the goodness of God, which I hope is where you all stop. And, and they struggled when they were forced on the detour of the wilderness. So I think we can ask the question, how does God show up in their story? What does he do for them? God empowers spiritual leaders and and gives them his spirit that they may lead the people. Just like Israel, in our journey of life and in faith, we need spiritual leaders to lead us and guide us. And we need to step up and become spiritual leaders. And I think I I would define a spiritual leader as a person who works to move people from who they are to where God wants them to be. 
A spiritual leader is a person who moves people from where they are to where God wants them to be. And I think it's probably one of the most important things that we can do in our churches is to be spiritual leaders in different roles. Whether it's as elders and deacons who we installed last week, new elders and deacons. Whether it's as um, parents in families. Whether it's to friends who, who we're close with. I love this quote by John Mark Comer who um, talks about why we need spiritual leaders. And he puts his finger on a, a pressure point in our culture when he says, ultimately nothing in this life apart from God can satisfy our desires. Tragically, we continue to chase after our desires. The result is a chronic state, chronic meaning ongoing, of restlessness, angst, anxiety, depression, disillusionment, all of which leads to hurry, busyness, overload, shopping, materialism, careerism. I could go on. This is a cycle that continues to spiral out of control. And so do we, do we feel this, church? Do we feel ourselves at times buying into this cycle of, of um, this chronic state of chasing our desires? God has built in spiritual leadership people who are empowered and tuned in to what God is doing in our world to put a stop to this cycle and to help us pay attention to where he is at work in each other and in our world. And so I think we can learn two things about spiritual leadership from this passage, this story this morning. I think first we can see that spiritual leaders help us to discern God's presence. The people of Israel were wandering through the wilderness. And the wilderness is always an opportunity. Because in the wilderness, we're faced with ourselves. We're faced with the truth of ourselves. Think about the last time that you were angry at somebody. You know, some, maybe somebody this week cut you off on, on the highway. Or, um, you know, uh, you want a friend embarrassed you um, in front of other people. Or a colleague embarrassed you. And, and you lashed out. Maybe, maybe you sought revenge. Maybe you yelled. Maybe you punched back. Instead of slowing down, naming the hurt, reaching out in forgiveness. Right, a moment like that is a, is a mini wilderness. It's where we're forced into this area of disillusionment. And, and when we're forced into the wilderness, we come face to face with the truth of ourselves and how we respond. The point I want to make is that we will always see the truth of ourselves in the wilderness. Spiritual leaders are those who discern God's presence and help us to do that by asking questions like, where is God in this moment, in this situation? Spiritual leaders help us to slow down and to see the invitation of the wilderness to see where God is inviting us to grow. Spiritual leaders invite the community into the discernment process. What is God saying to us? Moses gathered 70 elders, right? That's what God told him to do. 70 elders, seven, seven is the number of completion. 70 is, is a parallel of that. And that they, this is a quote, that they may stand in the presence of God on behalf of the community, right? And for the community, I love how Pastor David Fitch put said, if we truly believe that God is at work in this world, which we all do, then 
we must take the time to pay attention, to listen, and to discern what God is doing in our lives and in the lives of others. But how can we grow in this area of spiritual leadership? Ruth Haley Barton is a, an author I've been reading lately, and she talks about practices for discernment. And she names a few. She says that um, discerning God's presence means that our lives together would be grounded in prayer, intentional practices of scripture reading and reflecting on, on uh, silence and, and, and paying attention in silence, listening, worship, intercession, self-examination, and confession. These are all practices that help us to slow down in our lives and pay attention to where God is in our wilderness. This is why the role of elder and deacon is such an exciting part of the church. Elders and deacons are called, are empowered to be those who are the discerning leadership for a church, asking those questions, committing to those practices on behalf of the community, and then inviting the community to participate in that. But it goes further than that and comes into our conversations with our spouse, right? Are we in our family slowing down? Are we committing to these practices that help us pay attention to the, the presence of God in our lives? Are we talking with our parents? Kids, are you talking to your parents? Asking those questions. Paying attention to the wilderness moments in your life. These are opportunities that we face our true selves. And they're opportunities that God invites us to grow. But spiritual leadership not only discerns the presence of God in our lives, but it also helps us discern the presence of culture. A few nights ago, uh, uh, with the nice weather, uh, Tracy and I thought it would be a good idea to barbecue some steak. And so as I was grilling up this steak, I thought about how we often, you know, when we're cooking a good steak, we'll marinate it for hours, right? Have you ever done that? You let it, you let it sit and soak up the flavors, whatever it is. What it's, it's the soy sauce or the, the, the special salt or the whatever it is that you're using. You let it sit and it the steak becomes saturated in that so that every bite you take, you taste that marinade. All, all of that makes the steak delicious, but it takes hours and hours and hours for that to seep in, and it almost is, is a silent thing. It's the same way with the, with the story of, of culture. See, the Israelites began to grumble and complain because they were marinated in a different story. A story that was built not on the foundation of God's love and God's grace and God's gracious provision in their lives. Remember, he sent them manna in the wilderness that they would be able to eat and be satisfied. He, he, he was present among them, leading them, but they were not satisfied. They desired meat. And they began to long for Egypt, the land of slavery. It's crazy when you think about it. But we so slowly get marinated in the story of the culture that we forget to name it. We forget to pay attention to what's happening to us, and we buy in. This is why the Apostle Paul urges us to see ourselves as strangers and aliens, because we live in a world that tells a different story. On a daily basis, our news feeds and Instagram scrolls, they're they're like that steak. They're saturating us in a different story. 
A story that tells us that to be loved, we have to be a certain type of pretty. A story that tells us to be important, we have to dress like this. Or to be successful, our career has to take this path. Or have this number in our salary. And so we become saturated in these stories of consumerism and productivity and careerism that are, that are not true of who we were created to be and are at best half-truths, at best. Spiritual leadership empowered by God's Spirit takes time to name the alternate story and to call it out for what it is. to, to, To name that slow marinade and to warn us, to guard ourselves against it. I I read last week the charge to the deacons. I love it. It says um, that that the deacons would be prophetic critics of the waste, injustice, and selfishness in our society and be sensitive counselors to the victims of such evils. I mean, that that line hits home for us as we mourn with uh, with what Willem prayed for as the, the, the mass grave that was uncovered and the injustice that we just, we just, that makes us cry out to God, right? We, we need to, to be prophetic critics for each other. And we need to be sensitive counselors to victims of injustice. Amen? This isn't to say that culture is all bad. Culture is not all bad. Culture is not all good. Instead, culture needs to be discerned against the scriptures, against the true story of God's presence among us and within us. So, you may be thinking, where's the hope? Where's the hope for us to be able to do this task? I mean, it's impossible. It sounds impossible. We will constantly get lost. We will constantly follow through on on desires that are not in line with with God's word. We We will fall into sin. Where is the hope? You see, there's always hope for us because we can look to the greater Moses, the ultimate Moses, the ultimate spiritual leader in Jesus Christ. See, after Jesus was baptized, he was sent out into the wilderness, into disillusionment, and he fasted. He was without food for 40 days and 40 nights, which parallels the 40 years of the Israelites. And Unlike us, when he faced himself out in the wilderness and, and Satan himself, he never strayed, right? He, he constantly, what did he do? He named scripture. He quoted scripture. He didn't stray to the left or to the right. He was straight as an arrow and he passed the test in the wilderness that we fail all the time. But, but Jesus also went to the cross. You may be thinking, if, if, if Jesus passed the test in the wilderness, why would he go to the cross? And it's because when he went to the cross, he didn't go for himself. He went for us. The cross was for us. It was for our salvation, not his. He, the righteous one, took on our sin, our shortcoming, our disoriented desires, so that we can look at him on the cross and know that we will make it through this life, through the wilderness, and in, 
into resurrection, into the promised land on the other side. We can trust him and we can, we can receive his arms of grace that wrap us in the meal that we're about to practice. See, the table in front of us is Jesus extending grace to us as people on a journey. Drawing near to Jesus is at times painful. Submitting to spiritual leadership is at times painful because it means facing the truth about ourselves, and the truth can be very, very painful at times because we are broken. The Holy Spirit, though, we have to remember, the Holy Spirit does not intend to hurt us, but to make us look more like Christ. And though that can look and feel painful at times, we can know that because of the cross, because of resurrection, we'll make it outside and we will be more beautiful than before. And so this table is a means of grace for our journey. But it also points us towards the ultimate hope, where we will partake in the ultimate feast, right? This is just a foretaste. This, this meager little piece of bread and this little sip of juice is just a foretaste of the beautiful feast that will be for us in the kingdom of God when all sad things will come untrue. Spiritual leadership congregation is God's gift to us. As, he t- as God takes us, walks with us from where we are to where he is making us to be. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for this, um, this text, this passage. Thank you for the scriptures that tell us the story, the story of your presence among your people. Father, give us your spirit as we seek to be discerners, spiritual discerners and and leaders in our different roles, whether it's our um, families or uh, in our church, in our our friendships. God, fill us with your spirit that we may be um, pausing and paying attention to your presence among us and also uh, paying attention to the story of culture that we're surrounded with. Father, fill us with um, your grace when we fall and build us up in Christ. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.